AT&T ThreatTrack is a roundtable discussion of the latest network security trends and news conducted by AT&T data security analysts. Complete video of this show is available at techchannel.att.com. It's December, end of the year is coming. A few of us got together, we talked about some of the bigger trends in security for the year, what happened, what we talked about, and you know some of the things that were just kind of unavoidable this year. So here we are, December. Uh, the year is closing up. Maybe a good time to take a look at some of the bigger stories in cybersecurity for the year. So, anything strike you from the year? Looking back at you know all the stuff we covered and all the things that happened. Cloud security. It was an interesting year for cloud security. And what was interesting this year is that people were putting data into the cloud. Uh, the cloud platform itself, I think, was operating as designed. But because they didn't put additional controls to protect that data, we saw repeated occurrences, you know, different industries, different types of data, but where the data wasn't locked down and it, it was accessible, somebody on the internet was able to get to their bucket of data and capture the data and there it leaked. So cloud leakage, but not because of a weakness in the cloud platform, more of a user administrator error that allowed right. it to be open to the world. It's almost like the same thing we see with the IoT devices where people plug in their IoT device and think they're done. Well, same thing in these public clouds. Definitely a new vector. I know we're not doing predictions yet, but I would think this is something that's really going to, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. So good observation. Todd, what do you think about this area? Most organizations, as you said, able to put the data out there. The cloud is secure, right? It's got some sort of a, a certification from some certifying body, but they don't realize that they need to take the same precautions as they would in putting that data in data centers or inside of their environment, right? Knowing what data they have, what the criticality of that data is, the sensitivity, and then putting the right controls around it. How about you, Joe? What did you want to uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about WannaCry and NotPetya, Petya, all those variants. We had Mirai last year. This year, I think the headlines were, were rampant with uh, WannaCry and you know, right after WannaCry, we had Petya, and you know, there was it was a significant battle for folks in our industry that you know these wormable bugs, you know, or, or however you want to describe them, the you know botnet-related wormable activity that really was, you know, you'd see it would take down full IT departments or full companies. I think I saw a funny picture when it happened that there was a, a sign out in the lobby of one of these companies that said, "Don't turn your computer on," <laughs> you know. Like people didn't know how to handle it because it was, you know, any machine connecting to the network was worming its way through. So I think, you know, as terms of reviewing what was really in the news and really hitting us hard this year, WannaCry was definitely top of the list. If you compare this to other worms, I think there's some similarities. Right. If you had been patched, you should have been okay through right. this, right? Uh, there were multiple vulnerabilities. I think that were in the same release, same same patch would have patched. Which is another thing I think we saw this year. In years past, we were used to you know one vulnerability for one threat. Now we're seeing these threats that are you know multiple vectors. They're kind of harvesting threat vectors, and then I can look for five different vulnerabilities and then worm my way through. So and the other thing that was different about this than previous worms is that at least initially there was also a ransomware component yep. that was then turned off, right? right? It was an interesting story. It almost played out like a, you know, like a TV show, like the, the random hacker found the way to block the ransomware by registering the domain and, and then 
you know, now we still have to deal with the wormable, you know, botnet activity. So, Todd, how about you? What major trend did you see in 2017 or something that hit you from reviewing the year? One thing that I found of interest is, you know, we talk about IoT and, and big attacks, and certainly we've had our share of those. But I thought it was interesting there was an attack on online gaming environments through common gaming councils that people may have in their house, right? Two and a half million records compromised. And so we start thinking about all these different devices that are connected, right, IoT and, and what information are on those. Most people will say, hey, it's my baby monitor, those types of things. But, you know, with these types of accounts being compromised, you start getting perhaps some email addresses, obviously, and passwords and, and those types of things. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, we're not making predictions, I get that, but at some point these are, um, you know, some sort of an entry vector for more advanced ta- attacks down the road. I have heard some people say that this year was the year of the IoT botnet, yeah. but it seems like it started late uh, 16, right? So yeah. it had already right. started happening and it just kept happening. We heard about it in 2016. We had nothing slowed down. We see variants. I know we talked about the Perserai botnet at one point this year, which was a variant of Mirai, but... Um, I think if anything, it's it's that the IoT botnet activity didn't go away, and now we just sort of accept it as a given, you know. But you know, here we are, Christmas season, and the top ten gifts this year are home automation, IoT devices. So you know, it's it's only going to explode more probably. I think in the data there was this giant mountain of of scanning traffic trying to find everything that has yeah. Telnet open and compromise those devices if they have a default password or weak configuration or art right. patch. Kind of after that mountain, the activity continued, but maybe some new ports were being used. I think there's 2323 instead right. of just 23. So people like, oh, that's an alternate Telnet yeah. port. Let's scan for the alternate yeah. Telnet right. port. Yeah, we also covered this year, we covered how these IoT devices are so in demand that the minute they turn off and turn back on, they're being recruited by, you know, multiple botnets. So it's, it's really, it's a whole ecosystem of of this activity so I think there's also a connection between IOT devices getting compromised and installing mining software for uh, cryptocurrency I think early on that was one of the things we saw like well what malware did they stick on it was like well they're trying to to earn a coin right right right. and and I think there's a connection between a lot of the scanning activity that we saw some of it like well what is that well it looks like IOT and some of it was even looking for the wallets yep. that the coins are stored in, in case those were poorly protected with the, you know, a weak password or some default configuration that would let you have access to the wallet right. and take a coin that someone else had harvested. On the- cryptocurrency, another major trend from the year, um, you know, the explosion of cryptocurrency and threats associated with it. I think I saw a story, I don't know, remember the numbers, but just the amount of electricity that's being used mining cryptocurrency, you know, it's it's disastrous if it continues at this rate. They said that we'll we'll have used all the, the power by 2020 or some crazy number with the amount of power that's being used to mine cryptocurrency. So, all right, well, I think that's a good discussion. It was a crazy year and I'm sure next year will be more of the same. So thanks guys. When you think about, you know, trends and the year in review, it always strikes me that, you know, the bigger the story maybe the more awareness we're getting to some of these issues. Maybe we'll see people protecting themselves a little better, maybe listening to some of the uh, recommendations from security experts. The problems that we saw in 2016, a lot of them continued in 2017. There were no easy solutions, there were no magic bullets 
to make a lot of that stuff go away. A lot of the things that happened in 2017, um, we expected to see, you know, IoT devices being involved in uh, security issues. Uh, we also expected cryptocurrency to be a big deal this year, and it, it was. So before 2017 even began, uh, some of our experts in security predicted what uh, they saw as the most likely things to occur. Um, so Todd, you were one of those, uh, one of those folks from our team who uh, made some bold predictions for 2017. Uh, and I, I think what we're gonna do now is kind of look at all the predictions, including yours, and then we'll discuss whether we did see that happen and uh, give you a letter grade, just like the teacher used to on uh, how good of a prediction that was. Excellent. So let's start off. At the beginning of 2017, there was a lot of hype around real news, fake news, those types of things. So uh, Stan predicted that we would see expanded stories on sort of um, fake news, if you will, and security. Working with Stan and John and, and you know, these security analysts, whenever we see something, you know, a lot of the stories come out and they attribute it to a certain country. And our security analysts, they always say, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, they want to dig into the data, reverse the malware, see what they really see. So I think this is pretty valid. You know, I think specifically back to the IoT Reaper, which, you know, news stories came out about this IoT Reaper, and it was supposed to change everything. It was going to be, you know, bigger than Mirai. And then a few days later, you sprinkle in a story about, ah, IoT Reaper not quite as big as people had projected. And even on our show, when we talked about it, John Hogeboom was like, I'm not seeing it, you know? And this, so I think, you know, from John and Stan and Matt and Manny, from their perspective, you know, I think this is the type of area where they, they know what they're looking at. And That was the one that uh, the headline said doomsday, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It had a bunch of exploits. I, people must have thought it was going to have destructive malware in it, maybe brick it a bunch of machines. the size of it. The, the projected volume was... Uh, you know, it was, it was, I forget the numbers, but it was big and it didn't end up being nearly the size of what was expected. So what do you guys think for a grade for Stan's prediction? So I'll say that I think Stan and, and the team have more visibility into, you know, that type of information than I think the general security consumer might, right? Because day in and day out, they're living those analytics and they're, they're digging into those and they're making decisions based off the validity of that information. So um, I think that uh, I think this was a pretty strong one. I'd give it a B. B. I'm good with the B, Michael. I'm gonna say B minus. B minus. Well, you always grade up, you grade on the curve. So <laughs> I say we stick with the B. <laughs> All right. What's the next one, Todd? All right. Uh, John Hugaboom told us that we would see more IoT headaches in 2017. Pretty good prediction coming off of the stuff we saw at the end of 16 with Mirai, but uh, that was uh, that was John's prediction. Not the boldest prediction, right? Based on how crazy this stuff's been for a while, but uh, yeah. I mean, he's got to get an A, but you <laughs> just ask, is it a layup or not? Yeah. yeah, right. No, but yeah, we definitely saw this. It's the port 23 stuff, as you mentioned earlier, that's you know alternate ports being used for IoT device. Think about the the Netis router, right? We always talk about the the Netis router. It's it's been vulnerable for years and it comes up every few months and it's just stuff like that is just never going away. So I think there there was this thinking that we would have uh, standards created and maybe a laboratory for the industry and that uh, consumers wouldn't buy stuff unless it had the, the proper stamp because it's high risk. Right. Um, and, and I think we're still talking about that. I think yeah. that's happened. That didn't happen in 2017. Right. But we talked about those same recommendations and ideas. 
And the other thing I would say, it's not that people aren't doing work in this space to secure those things, is that there's just so many of them and yeah. so much diversity in the types of devices and what OS they're running. There's stacks and stacks of standards for IoT devices, depending on the type of communication that device uses, right? There's a lot of different governing bodies that are, that are given direction around that. I think there's lack of a sort of a connected standard, if you will, in the terms of pulling that all together and giving us some solid baselines across all devices. So you think an A for this one, Michael? Yeah, because there's so much activity, it continued, so. I'll say an A, but we contingent that on the fact that, that no one's allowed to make this same prediction again. It's too easy. <laughs> Fair enough, I'll agree with that. All right, we'll give him an A. All right, we got another one. Brian Rexroad predicted that we would see uh, virtual currency being used more creative um, and through like expanding type of scams. So uh, he, was, he was in the, the virtual currency space. Well, I think uh, we definitely saw malware that, um, you know, had ran it was ransomware. So right. it, was, it was telling you, you need to pay me. And it would give you, certainly give you the option to pay in uh, cryptocurrency, maybe only in cryptocurrency. Right. You know, there were some stories about people asking the question, so how do I get one of these uh, coins in yeah. order to pay? People want to be anonymous with the cryptocurrency, but you're only so anonymous, you know, right. maybe not fully anonymous. So there's idea, well, maybe if I take this other type of, of cryptocurrency, it'll be more anonymous than this type of cryptocurrency. Uh, but Brian clearly uh, knew that this was what all the attention was about. Yeah. I mean, I think just thinking about some of the stories we covered this year on, you know, we, we had Ethereum threats we covered, uh, Monero was covered, and then obviously Bitcoin, which you know is the the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, you know, I think this is definitely an area that um, did explode a little bit in 2017. So I would say Brian was right on. Yeah, I'd yeah. give him an A or an A plus even. Yeah, well, what I find interesting when he talks about you know virtual currency used in more creative and expanding scams. We look at, you know, after Petya, the next variant that came through looked like it was ransomware, right? So, hey, we're trying to leverage virtual currency, but in reality, it was really just destructive where there was any larger organizations, right? So, A, A+. Plus. I'm going to give Brian an A+. Plus. Well, all right, I would agree with that. But unfortunately, hopefully we're not out of A's because now we're down to my prediction. <laughs> so, my prediction was that even though we had movement in the um, sort of the credit card space, cardholder data space with EMV, it was pushed out to 2020 and we would continue to see cardholder data fraud throughout 2017. And we don't have end of year numbers yet, but if you look at halfway through the year, we'd already seen a 26% increase over the same point in time in 2016 in cardholder data fraud. So uh, hopefully those numbers will hold. I think we'll still be up over 20% plus year over year increase in cardholder data fraud. How did uh, chip and pin changes affect that? Any idea? Not much, which is interesting, right? So when we expect fully implementation of, let's be honest, chip and X, right? Because now it's signature, not pin. But when we see full implementations of that, we'll, we're going to see it change a little bit more going towards card not present transactions, so online fraud where you, you can't use the chip. Not a full implementation, and even when it is, in my opinion, it's not a good implementation of, of the controls that they could put in place. We'll continue to see it. I'm going to give you an A also, but this is one where as I give you the A, I think, well, I wish I wasn't giving you an A. Yeah. I wanted those controls to make a difference. I wanted to feel safer and not to replace my card as often. I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, that's something to look forward to because I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Another A. We gave it a lot of A's, huh? We're the easy, so we're the easy teacher. All right, hopefully uh, the folks who do the predictions this year will be just as spot on as they were last year. I think the folks from last year's prediction show did pretty well. We ended up with all A's and B's, which 
would be a good report card if one of my kids brought it home. Next week on Threat Track, we'll see predictions for 2018. And then a year later, we'll go back and give them grades on how well they did. The views expressed on AT&T Threat Track are those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views of AT&T or any other person or entity.